0: And if you want to take your support to the next level, please click the support link at the bottom of this podcast where your donation will help us pay for everything that helps to keep this free podcast going. Now, to the show. Hey, everybody. Nashville. Day two. Crit life. Back at it. It's really more of a circuit race. So I want to set the scene of the race. I want to then really fast forward pretty quickly towards the end. There's a lot of bits and pieces that happen in a race, but a lot of times it boils down to one crucial time. And we'll talk about that. And then we'll look forward a little bit. So we got done with the race on Saturday. Ended up being about 60 miles. Rode back. I... I feel like I ate a little bit too much the night before, and part of it was just catching up with friends, it was more of like a party vibe, definitely not drinking alcohol, definitely not eating bad food, just eating more, like, oh, I should have another taco, because it's carbs and rice, and so I was a little, that was on Friday night for the race on Saturday, so Saturday I was a little more trying to think of fueling as, okay, I want to get in some really quality protein through some beans i want to and uh i think we had some chicken that night and then i want to have more carbs for sure and try and get them in well before i go to bed so i'm fully digested that's kind of one thing i've really been focusing on even in day-to-day life of trying to eat at least two hours before i go to sleep it just helps with better sleep for me so stayed on that had a great night's sleep woke up the next day oatmeal for breakfast, made some more rice, Uh, felt, felt pretty good, I was wondering how I would feel after the TT, it's not really a TT effort on that course, it's very anaerobic as we talked about in the last podcast, but was feeling good, took a quick little nap around 10.30 and got ready to ride over, did my warm up wasn't feeling amazing but it's sort of how I expected on day two and really just wanted to ride easy for 20 to 30 minutes and then get a few efforts in there and I knew once I you know cranked a caffeine gel and the race started I would just forget about how I felt so I don't really let that mindset of I'm not On fire right now. You know those races where you warm up and you're thinking, I'm going to crush this today. Sometimes you're not going to feel that. And I just don't want to psych myself out. And I also try to remind myself, hey, everybody else raced yesterday. So unless you're 30 or younger and super recovery speed, uh, we're all feeling this way. So a lot of lot of racers in the P123. I want to say 35 to 40. And so not a huge event, but definitely a solid number for a local crit if you're not from the u.s and some you know the fast guys were there again Corey lockwood cooper johnson jonathan jacob there was a swarm of hattie b's people swarm of nashville local um the guy who came in second the day before was there trey Shepard. I'm unfamiliar with this Pinnacle Velo, but they had, I believe, some good results on Saturday, and they had a few people in the top 10 in this race, um, and then a handful of others. So it was Taylor Heron was there again from Mark Spensdorf, and the course is really more of a circuit race. So if you're unfamiliar with it, we'll quickly run through it, whereas the other one was one sharp, aggressive I don't want to call it a climb, but 30 to 40 second effort, depending on where you started to rip it from. And then, like a tailing sort of downhill on the last one, back to the bottom of the climb. This one was much more rolly. And I think the more significant feature is you go straight down and take a not sharp right. It's a 90 degree right, but it's not bad. A little bit of broken pavement, but. The best broken pavement you you'll ever ride across. Um, you go up a little kicker, and then down, and it sweeps around to the left, and then it starts to climb up to the right. And you take a right hand turn, and it's just this deceiving. I, I'm actually I've never looked at what the percent is. You you're not coasting anymore. You're definitely pedaling up this thing, and it's a slow drag as you come up around the backside of the course sometimes can have some headwind it's definitely the place to attack then it sort of pitches up goes down and you're swinging around at a fast speed towards the finish where there's a little roller it's like a big ring maybe like stomp 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 and you're at the top of it and then it's a slight downhill into the finish so if you're in the group together, it's not it's not a climb at the finish, but it's just this undulation that takes away speed. So I figured, you know, if you win the day before, you're relatively marked. And was there was a guy, Logan, who I hadn't raced with before with the Evoke squad. And we didn't get to chatter much before, but I don't want to forget to mention how he made a really good move at one point. I was sitting in the group, kind of looking around. A couple guys went up the road, wasn't too concerned with him. And he took off. And I was like, hell yeah, this dude's being active. A lot of times, Cat 3s just sit in until they get dropped. And after the race, I said, hey, man, it was awesome to see you mix it up. And I think his response is such a good gem to so many of us that he said, I've come to these races sometimes, and I just I know I end with something left in the tank. Or like you have something in the tank, but you just, there's one moment where you get dropped and it's like, man, I never really rolled the dice. He said, I just, I looked over the road and I figured, screw it. And he went for it. And so that's the kind of mentality I think you really want to have as you're a Cat 3 and figuring things out and trying to just just go race, you know, especially if he's, if you're racing on a team and your teammate is someone who is marked or more well known, that is such an advantage for you because they're not watching you. They're looking for your teammate who's more accomplished. So that's some of the best results I had early on as cat one was when no one knew who I was. And it was just, I was some random dude in a Mount Bora kit and that's, you can be sneaky So use that to your advantage when you are new. Don't be shy and sheepish. Um, And actually, hopefully I'll remember Talk. This is one reason why I didn't want to let Jonathan Jacob up the road. Because he has been around the block. He's a crafty bike racer. I knew he had raced in the Masters race before. But in the back of my mind, I know that um, you don't want to let him away. So... We're going round and round in these big circles, the typical couple people go up the road, getting a couple moves, attack a few times. Overall, we'll talk about the overall, it was was fast, it wasn't as fast as the day before because there's more aggressive, more rolling climbing here. We averaged 25.8, the day before was 27 miles an hour power normalized was higher it was 404 today it was only three forty four average but twenty three percent of that fifty seven minute race was anaerobic only eight percent was vo2 max I had more uh, coasting which was good you want more the more coasting and chilling you can do the better um, but it was still about around eleven to thirteen percent of endurance tempo and threshold so as people always ask me to uh, intensity factor is 0.99 and almost just shy of 1200 KJs and 92 TSS in that 56, 57 minutes. It was 56, 56, 25 mile race. So we're going round and round and I don't really ever look at my head unit. And I put in a couple digs on the backside, probably 10 minutes in, Just to see who would respond, who's feeling good, who's not feeling good. Nothing that would ride myself out of the race. And I also was doing that because there's a few other people there that are aggressive. And if we can get a split of any kind, I know you can get away on that course. And so we weren't able to do that. There was some welding together to some extent. And... I was bringing up the head unit because I remember looking down briefly as we were coming to the backside and I noticed we were about 23 minutes into the race. And I was thinking this was going to be about an hour. I'm like, man, that was a fast 25 minutes, you know, really while, uh, and this is not a diss. i I've never raced with Logan, so I don't know him well enough. I know that he's probably not going to be at the pointy end when things go down. So for all intensive purposes, I'm more racing by myself that's not a diss at all. It's just if you're a cat three in a one, two, three race with enough one twos at some point, you most likely aren't a factor um, until you keep training and racing and get stronger. And that's the fun part of this journey. So I was really trying to, I've talked about this in which race was this? Oh, it was in the North Carolina state road race last year. If I just attack and it's just me attacking and if this is your first time listening to the podcast, you're like, wow, this guy sounds super braggadocious. This is just reality. If you haven't raced with me, then yeah, I'll probably sound like a tool. But if I attack a lot of people follow me, it's not a good tactical move at this point. Whereas if you are a noob to the one, two, three race and you attack, people probably won't chase you because they don't know you. And they're like, eh, who is that? We'll let them go. You, Cause you, you can't chase everything. So what I try to do sometimes is let some people go up the road and it's better for me to try to bridge to these efforts uh, or, excuse me, make some bridge attempt type efforts as opposed to starting a break because it usually just gets welded together. That's where having teammates massively comes into play because then I could attack, draw out a bunch of people and then as it gets welded back together, my teammates can counterattack and I can have teammates launched up the road. That's, that's teamwork. So as we went around, there weren't any moves that seemed overly dangerous. There was one time Taylor went up the road and I'm forgetting who he went with. And I was thinking, eh, if nobody goes... You know, at some point, you do have to do the work on your own, and I would be okay with trying to bridge to somebody and maybe bringing something back if I thought, you know, hey, if that goes, this could be the end of the race. There are some teams that I don't necessarily understand their tactics all the time. You know, they've got a lot of people, but they don't seem to care when threatening groups go up the road. Um, it's, It's hard. You know, I struggle at making race analyses about these types of situations because I don't want to, I'm not in the game of telling anyone else how to race, but it just doesn't intuitively make sense to me. And so what happened was, I can't remember if it was Jonathan or Cooper that went up the road, and then the other person, either Jonathan or Cooper, followed them. And I'm like, okay, don't love that. And I'm looking around to see who's going to like, try to bridge over to this. And maybe I can jump on a wheel. And out of nowhere, Corey Lockwood goes. And I was like, I actually said, oh, shit. That's three people I do not want up the road. And I'm thinking that, okay, everyone else is thinking the same thing. Someone's going to go. And nobody, nobody closed that down. No one wanted to shut it down. And I'm thinking, okay, well they're going to look to me to do it. I'm not going to drag everybody up there. I'm going to have to try and bridge to that at some point. But the problem is if we're not going fast enough, I won't be able to bridge because it's a former national TT champ, a kid who's just been racing in Europe and Jonathan, who's crafty as hell. He's been doing this a long time. So I'm riding and I'm trying to get other people to ride with me and they sort of are, but then there's like talking amongst them and they're not. And one guy's telling me, dude, I'm smoked and I guess after the race, he didn't realize people were up the road, he said, which to me doesn't make sense because we could almost see them. And he actually didn't finish that poorly in the race. So I'm like, okay, you've lost trust points with me for sure on that one. Like some people just, I don't think they understand that in the cycling community, we all race with each other over and over and over again. So if you do silly things and make up BS stories in the middle of a race, why would I ever help you in a race? You know, it's, it, I don't, we all are coming back around again. It's like, it's like you go through the buffet line, you steal somebody's biscuit. The next time they're going to make sure there's not a biscuit for you. And so, you know, just, I don't know. It's a bad analogy. I think I'm just hungry in the car. I'm tired of being in the car here in Somerville. But anyways, so we get to the point of the course where um thinking it's do or die at this point you know these guys are getting up the road and i just come around the corner onto the false flat and the second wheel throwing a dig nothing crazy it was like 500 watts for a couple minutes because you can't go max blaster or you won't be able to keep pedaling afterwards and i get a little gap and i'm thinking well i don't care if somebody this is what i need i need a gap if somebody bridges up to me that's fine but i need to chase these dudes down and I get up over that backside hump, come down through the start and finish. I can see those three. I'm like, this is now is when I have to just light a match and get across to them. So within a lap, I caught them. And at that point, we had left everybody else behind. Um, they weren't even really a threat, but I was still thinking we don't want anybody to come back. So I work with them. Jonathan's working. We're all kind of working and there's... This all happened with at six laps to go. So I'm like, man, this is getting down to the wire. I caught them with four laps to go. And then with three laps to go, I attacked on the backside. And to the point where I thought we might get away from Corey or Jonathan, and I would love to ride away with Cooper in my head. And all all four of us stayed together. But then we all kept working together. And I was thinking... You know, do I try to light a massive match on that backside and get away solo, but I know all three of them, because of how they race, they're aggressive, they're going to chase. They're going to work together because they're smart enough to know that the three of them together are stronger than me by myself from where that uphill portion is until the finish line, whereas... If I was racing against some people that I know aren't the most intellectual bike racers, if they get gapped, I know that they automatically look to the other person. It's like, well, I'm not chasing it down. You got to chase it down. And that's when nobody chases it down. and You stay away. But smart bike racers know, oh, crap, this guy just got a gap on us. We need to work together or the race is over because all of them were racing for the win. So I'm like, ah, man, I don't know. If I do attack, I would have to get a gap with somebody. But still, it's then two-on-two. Two. And then what happens if I attack and the three of them catch me and then the guy in the third position counterattacks me? This just... You're playing through these scenarios in your head. That just does not seem like a great opportunity. Now, I probably, I know I can out-sprint Jonathan Jacob because he raced before. He's not looking super strong. And I think I could out... I don't know, actually. Jonathan, can I outsprint sprint you all the time? Maybe I don't know. He dropped me at masters. Now it's one year on a climb. I was very confident. I was like, I'm, I'm going to play that card. Corey Lockwood. That day, I'm pretty sure I could have won in a sprint. Just the way the hill, the climb. I was feeling good. Cooper, I don't know him that well. And and the thing with these young guys is they're always getting better. It's like you can go race somebody and you're like, ooh, okay, I got this guy. Then the next year you're like, ooh, they're definitely getting faster. Then the next year they're like kind of beating you. And then you're like, oh, damn, okay, yeah, they're really good. I didn't know where I stacked up against him in a sprint. And the other thing was whenever I would attack, he was one of the first guys to be able to respond, so I know he's got some kick. So, I'm like, well, being able to go me versus him is a much better chance than trying to attack and get caught. And maybe I get countered and I get fourth. And I'm like, eh, I think the sprint is the card to play. And then I'm thinking, I might have to lead this out because, well, when in doubt, lead out. And I was thinking if we were coming down that hill fast enough, I was going to lead out over that hill and hopefully be able to take the win. Now, as we're going around, I think I made an error in that Jonathan's paddling at a consistent pace. Corey gets in there and takes a turn. I think Cooper takes a turn. I'm really not wanting anyone to get back to this group. I wasn't sure how much Cat and Mouser would be to play. And we're on the last lap, and Corey, like, slides out of the pace line and is, like, fiddling, like, messing with his seat post in the back. And previously in the race, his seat post had fallen down. So I'm like, man, is he something wrong with his bike? So I just like push the pace a little bit to see, and we all stay together. But that allowed Corey to get in the back, and Cooper is just in front of him. So now I'm second wheel, and I was like, that was a bad move. I should have sat up when he sat up and let him let me see what he's doing. I think I got played, and that was a good move. And you know, to be honest with you, I let my previous emotions of, it was just the three of them. I thought the race could have been over. I felt lucky that I had been able to bridge up there. So now I'm thinking, let's just get to the finish line. You know, two laps ago, I was stuck in a blob of people who weren't going to race for the win. And that I needed to put out of my mind and I needed to be focused on it's one on one on one on one. And instead, I was thinking it was one-on-one-on-one, and now here I am. So I was being too excited. I needed to slow down a second. That was an error. And so we're coming down the hill before the little rise, and I'm looking back, I'm looking back, I'm looking back. Jonathan's setting like a pretty normal pace where he's... Basically signaling like, yo, I'm not in the sprint. I'm just going to get us towards the finish and you guys can duke it out. So I'm thinking, okay, this is playing into my, I'm going to lead this out. I'm going to, they're not going to be able to come around me. And I'm looking back, I'm looking back. And as I look back, I see Corey Lockwood winding it up down this hill, full gas. So the choice is instantly, do I let Cooper, who can see this happening... Jump on that wheel Or do I jump on the wheel If Cooper does not jump on the wheel The race is over and we're not going to catch Corey If I jump on the wheel Cooper's going to jump on my wheel And then it's Corey, me, Cooper And it comes down to Okay, I can beat Corey Because I'm going to be able to close that gap I'm confident in that I don't know I'm going to basically be leading Cooper out But can he come around me? I've decided instantly I wanted to play that card As opposed to possibly letting Corey just get away And... In hindsight, in thinking back, you know, Cooper had been on the wheel of me a bunch of times, maybe he would have got on Corey, but at the same time, Corey was going so fast. If Cooper hesitates just a second and then he jumps and then I jump, there's such a gap that. Cooper's going to come flying past me. I'm still going to be doing the 1,000 watts to close the gap to him. Now i got to come around him, and I'm I'm not leading it out now. Now I have to beat him by a whole bike length. So I think closing the gap to Corey was the right move. I actually didn't look. What am I doing here? I'm doing, like, a 1,000 watts to get behind him. Let me see here if I can zoom in on this quickly without... Yeah, it was a surge of 10 seconds at 1,000 watts, excuse me, 935 watts into 15 seconds at 730, and then I decide we're coming right up on the... um, Actually, excuse me, that's right before the climb. Is that right? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, sorry. I had a, There was another line there that was confusing me on the elevation. And then my attack past Corey was another quick six seconds at 1,000. And then finishing the sprint at mm, 770 for 12 seconds. So all in all, as this is happening, I come up the climb. It's a 36-second, 835-watt average. I come past Corey, and the road slightly turns to the right as it dips down towards the finish line. But as you approach the finish line, it sort of turns to the left. I made the error in that I went past Corey, and I was coming around the right side, which at that point in time is the fastest way, but I should have been sprinting all the way to the left side of the road. As I got to the middle of the road, I'm thinking, damn it, I need to be farther left. And I didn't know exactly where Cooper was, and I played this, I tried to play it over my head. I like looked down, like you're just I'm obviously 30 35 seconds at 8:40. I'm like going full gas. I'm don't. I'm not i not going to turn my head completely Like I'm looking down the road Sprinting as hard as I can And I just th- This happened to me at Tonga When I lost to What's that guy's name? Luca I didn't close the door because I didn't know where he was And I don't want to try to close the door And there's a rider there And I run him off the road or crash him out It would just be like What a horrible way to finish a bike race And so I'm in the middle of the road, and I'm like, damn it, I need to be more left. And I hesitated, and I thought about it, and I was like, just keep sprinting. And at that moment, I could see him in my periphery, and I'm like, damn it, he's right there. And he just, like, punched it and buzzed past me. And he came around me, and I was right behind him. And I just, I went, he sat up, and I was like, oh, I wish I could pip him right now. And he rolled across the finish line. And I was like, damn, I screwed that up. So, you know, I needed to be more focused in that finish. And I think I let my emotions, again, of being up there. I was excited to even be in the sprint. And that was not the killer mentality that I needed to have. And so rolled past him, gave him a fist bump. There's no one else in that race. Uh, Well, Corey seems like there are a lot of nice people there. If I had to lose with somebody... It was great to lose to Cooper. And um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not like, oh, I'm happy about it. No, I wanted to win that race. Really wanted to win. Wanted to double up. You know, getting two wins in a weekend is pretty tough to do. It would have felt great. But I learned a lot. I mean, this is how many races is this? And there's still things to learn. I needed to not let my emotions of being excited about being in that break get the better of me. And I needed to think And assess better but you know this is one thing too the race brain it it does take a little coming back each season and so it's good to do some of these early races and put yourself in these scenarios and think about them and I was talking about this in another podcast this is one thing that you can do if you haven't watched a lot of pro races it's not that you should be even Retrospectively looking back on your own races Because the same exact scenario is going to happen But I think it's just how you think and frame And assess other riders is really important To the same effect If you watch a pro race Watch how Who looks tired Who looks energetic What do those guys do How does it play out Who made an error Who made the right tactical move What could they have done Just the faster you think of these scenarios there are choices that you need to make in a race that happens so, so quickly. And the one thing that I've always said is, you know, if the brake is going up the road and you're wondering, should I go or not? You need to just listen to that voice that says, this is the go. Because if you try to mentally compute it, it's too late. You missed it. That's why when I saw Corey Lockwood go, my brain was like, go. And I put myself in a bad spot. I was rolling up the right side. And somebody else moved over from the left. I was like, oh, shoot. I'm about to box myself in. And I did. And that's when Corey went. And I was like, oh, I just messed this up. I wasn't then thinking, oh, I got to chase now. Like, I missed it. I missed it. It was over. Had I gone at that point in time, everybody would have been on my wheel. And then someone would have countered me, possibly. And they would have bridged up. And then I really would have been screwed. This is a thinking man's game. A thinking woman's game. A thinking person's game. And so... I'm pumped to be on the podium with those guys Cooper Coming for you He's actually going to Europe So we're going to do a podcast when he gets back But if he's back in the States and racing Damn if he has teammates that'll be trouble But yeah Really nice dude Hit him up on Instagram Super fun weekend Went back Ate some more rice Ate a piece of pizza It was amazing And back in Somerville This is my last day here Just did some heat training Got waxed Tried to get out early We are moving We joked as pack as if we're never coming back Because hopefully we never are And I'm heading east to North Carolina To squat at my sister's house for a little bit So on the road Excited to get some Wi-Fi, Some cell service somerville it's been real everybody wish you the best of luck with your racing your training if i missed anything in these recaps let me know um i'm really trying to break the race down in ways that can help you get better at your race rather than just talking about my watson race so if i'm not doing a good job at that definitely tell me I noticed a bunch of you started leaving reviews on Spotify. Thank you so much. If you're listening on Spotify, please take two seconds to do that for us. It lets the algos know that we are a relevant and worthwhile podcast to listen to. If you need anything, hit us up. We'll talk to you soon.